Real quick, let me just start off by saying this is Peter Rosenberg, your forever 24-7 champion, host of the Cheap Heat Podcast. And I want to shout out the Will Wonder Podcast. You know what I wonder? What amazing takes will be given today on this show? Will I ever get the nod, the invite to be a guest on this show? Will I ever feel like coming on the show if I get that invite? We don't know. But you're checking out the Will Wonder Podcast. What is up, everybody? Episode 81 of the Will Wonder Pod coming off a of July 4th weekend. Hope everyone had a, a very safe and fun one. Um, off top, I'm going to say it's going to be a little bit shorter of an episode this week. Got a lot of things going on uh, tonight, tomorrow. So slightly shorter episode this week, but I promise you it'll be fun. Um, God, it feels like seven years ago, uh, the last time I had put out a podcast episode, but it was just last week. And it feels that way because of all the different things that have gone on again, 4th of July weekend, all of the NBA stuff that has happened, uh, jazz nation podcast. We've recorded two episodes since the last will wonder pod last week. So just a lot, a lot, a lot going on. Um, let's see, obviously July 4th weekend started a little bit early for me last week. Uh, went to, <laughs> went to see top gun maverick with my father-in-law and my brother-in-law. Um, and I'll be honest, at the beginning, the first five minutes of the movie, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be so corny. This just seems stupid. And then Highway to the Danger Zone played, and I was all in. Actually, it was a very entertaining movie. Pretty good. Some laughs, some really cool action. Um, this might be blasphemous, but I actually liked it more than the original. Now... With that said, I haven't seen the original in probably 10 years. But from what I remember of it, I was like, man, this is cool. It's whatever. But this one, I actually like. The one thing I did not really like about it, but I understand why they did it, is, you know, and spoilers, the movie's been out for a while. I'm sure if, um, you know, you wanted to see it, you have seen it by now. But they don't say who the enemy is, right? They just call the opposition the enemy. And I get it in 2022. You can't really say, oh, it's this country, because you got to be able to sell the film in that country, but just calling them the enemy. Like, they could have just come up with a fake country, and I would have been cool with it, but just the enemy. But uh, yeah, a lot of cool a lot of cool scenes, a lot of cool things going on in that film. So I would say it's worth a watch. It was great seeing it in the theater, too. Just loud, rumbling. It was, it was cool. Um, and then, of course, you have Tom Cruise, who's like 108 years old, but... I'll be damned if he doesn't look like he's early 40s. Uh, all right, moving on. What else? A lot of swimming for me and my family this weekend. Uh, my wife, my son, myself went over to the in-laws, swam a ton in their pool, had a lot of fun with that. Fourth of July was cool. Woke up early, went to um, one of the parades here in Utah in Murray, uh, which was a lot of fun. My son was really into it, into getting the candy and waving just constant waving and saying hello i wish i could i would have saved the clip to to play it on here but he had a lot of fun went to the park did some stuff for him there and then um went back to the in-laws again and just swam and, and had a barbecue so it was nice to just hang out have fun not have to worry really about work stuff or the podcast or school or anything really i just we just let everything go and, and just enjoyed our time um, 
what else? Oh, Stranger Things part season four, part two came out two episodes, damn near four hours altogether. My wife and I made it through it. Um, I don't know if a breakdown is really needed or a review since again, it, it is only two episodes very long though, but still entertaining. Uh, there will, I'll just say it right now again, spoilers. Um, everyone's back in Hawkins shit's about to hit the fan in season five, but we have to wait until 2024 for that, which sucks. That news came out today that season five will come out in 2024. You know, the kids are all going to have like 401k plans by that time, but it is what it is. Sucks to wait, but um, this will be the last season, so they need to make it, you know, a perfect ending, if you will, or as perfect as they can. A lot of unanswered questions and speculation going into season five of Stranger Things. What happens to Max now? Uh, does Will go bad? You saw the goosebumps raising on the back of his neck at the end of the, the final episode. So a lot of stuff, a lot of questions. Uh, and I just hope that they find a great way to wrap it all up and end this series in season five. But again, have to wait more than a year to get that. So that sucks. Uh, tonight, I'm going to check out the first games of the Utah Summer League with my guy Daniel from Jazz Nation. Uh, we're going to watch Memphis against Philly and then OKC against Utah. A lot of young, talented players uh, in this year's Summer League here in Utah, which is nice because it, it always seems like you get teams that, you know, and, and I guess maybe Philly is that way this year, but you only get like one really good rookie where, you know, there's a number of them to watch here, especially on Memphis, OKC. I'm excited to see what Butler does here in the Summer League for Utah as well. Um, tomorrow, I'm going to be playing in the Utah Jazz Summer League three-on-three tournament. It's outside. It's going to be hot. Uh, I know I'm going to be sore after, but my squad, he had a game. <laughs> it was a great name. Shout out to Birdo for coining uh, us that. We're looking to bring home the, the 31 and up championship. So I'll report back and let you all know how that went. Hopefully we have a trophy and um, no injuries after the end of tomorrow. When I say tomorrow, I'm recording this Tuesday, the 5th of July. So when this episode actually comes out, I'll be playing in that tournament. So keep your fingers crossed for me. All right, moving on. I had asked my friends, Michael Steady Rock Martinez, Strangers for Life, uh, and Crosby Styles to come up with their five favorite albums of the year so far. Since we've passed the halfway mark of the year, I thought it would be good to have them give uh, some of their picks, and I'll also add mine in there. These guys will be back, I'm sure, another time throughout this year. But for sure, at the end of the year with our favorite albums of the year, favorite verses, just as we did last year, kind of a year-end wrap-up in music. So there were two albums that were consistent in all of our top five lists. And that would be Kendrick's Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers and Pusher T's It's Almost Dry. Steady, Crosby, and myself all had those albums in our top five so far. And I should note, I don't think these are in order. I know mine aren't. I kind of float in and out of albums, you know, throughout the year. But these are the top five that I've listened to more consistently. Uh, and I'm assuming that's where Crosby and Steady are as well. So uh, when we look at Mike's Steady, Mike, whatever you want to call him, 
besides Kendrick and Pusher T, as again, we all had those two albums in our top five. He had Joel Ortiz and King Crooked's Rise and Fall of Slaughterhouse, which I really enjoyed as well. Uh, he also had Asher Roth and Heather Gray's Why Is It So Gray Out. If you're not familiar with this album, absolutely check it out. Heather Gray is actually from Salt Lake City, Utah, a producer here who hopefully at some point I will be able to interview. Um, but really, really good album. Very consistent in the way it sounds. Something that, um, if you again, if you haven't checked out, make sure you do. Lastly, Steady had um, Benny the Butcher's Tana Talk 4. He's a big Benny guy. I am as well. I just didn't feel like that album um, was good enough to be in my top five, but really enjoyed it as well. So to recap, Steady's top five. Kendrick's, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, Pusher T's It's Almost Dry, Joel Ortiz and King Crooked's Rise and Fall of Slaughterhouse, Asheroth and Heather Gray's Why Is It So Gray Out, and then Benny the Butcher's Tana Talk 4. We move on to Crosby's list. Of course, as I already stated, Kendrick and Pusher's albums are both in there. He then has Logic's Vinyl Days, Lupe Fiasco's Drill Music in Zion, and then Coast Contra's Apartment 505. Which, when you look at mine, I also have Coast Contra's Apartment 505. If you're not familiar with Coast Contra, you have to check them out. They do a lot of cool freestyles online on YouTube. Look up Coast Contra with their album. That Apartment 505 is just really, really good. So I suggest you check that out. Recapping Crosby's Kendrick, Pusher T, Logic's Vinyl Days, Coast Contra's Apartment 505, and Lupe Fiasco's Drill Music in Zion. Now we'll get to my list, of course, Kendrick, Pusher T, Coast Contra as well, Apartment 505. The two that I have that the other two don't are Vince Staples' Ramona Park, Broke My Heart, and Denzel Curry's Melt My Eyes, See Your Future. So to recap mine, Kendrick's Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, Pusher T's It's Almost Dry, Coast Contra's Apartment 505, Vince Staples' Ramona Park, Broke My Heart, and Denzel Curry's Melt My Eyes, See Your Future. Make sure you check out all those albums if you haven't. Again, at the end of the year, I'll have both of these guys back to discuss our year-end wrap-up in music. We did it last year, had a lot of fun doing so. We drank quite a bit as we were doing it, so as the episode went on, we may have been slurring a bit, but I promise you it's a good listen if you want to go back and, and, and hear what last year's music we loved. And again, like I said, excited to do that this upcoming year. All right, coming up, I am going to take a look at some of the NBA free agency moves for the first week, some of the trades. I'm going to give you my grades on those. We're going to look at every team. Uh, some of them we'll talk about, obviously, a little more in depth. Others, I'm just going to give you the grade. Uh, and then after that, going to end not with roses, not with an I wonder. Instead, we're going to do a mailbag Q&A. I have some fun questions, so excited to get to those. But first, a word from my guy, Dre Rocca. Thanks a lot, Will. So look, I'm not going to take too much time. I just want to introduce myself. My name is Dre Rocca. I am a podcaster, father, husband. I do YouTube content, and I keep it lit on Instagram. 
Make sure you follow me for daily content and daily entertainment. I'm here to make you laugh because we all know this crazy world, we need a release. So let me be that release and follow me at Dre Rocka, that's D-R-E-R-A-W-K-A, or go onto my website, allrock.com. Now back to the show. All right, let's get into some NBA moves. Uh, I talked about it last week a little bit, the DeJounte-Murray trade that was potentially going to happen made no sense to me. And if I'm going to be honest, it still doesn't make a ton of sense other than maybe the Spurs are trying to get in the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes this upcoming year in uh, our next year's draft, rather. Because what they did, they traded DeJounte Murray to the Spurs in, in order to get uh, Danilo Gallinari, who they are buying out. A 2023 first-round pick, 2025 first-round pick, a 26 pick swap, and a 2027 first-round pick. So lots of picks there, a lot of movement, a lot of versatility and ability to possibly go after Victor this upcoming year. Or, I I don't know, are they going to try to bring stars into uh, San Antonio? One thing about San Antonio, they always draft well. So all those picks, you know, will eventually be good players, but... Still a weird trade for me in Atlanta gives them the capability to have somebody off the ball or control the ball as well with Trey Young. Love DeJounte Murray's defense, great rebounder for a guard, but still kind of a weird fit there because to be his best, Trey Young essentially has to have the ball in his hands most times. So I I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen here. Uh, Grade-wise, I think getting an all-star for future picks and a guy that you aren't going to play in sending Danilo Gallinari to San Antonio, I think the Hawks, I'd give them a solid B-plus on this move. The Spurs, on the other hand, all those picks, I give them a B because you're not promised anything in the draft. And if those picks are late-round picks, what do you really do? Uh, Jazz trade Royce O'Neal to the Nets for a first-round pick, 2023 first-rounder from Brooklyn, which could be okay. Again, we got the KD thing going on, the Kyrie thing going on. Neither one of them want to be there, but maybe the Nets just don't trade them. I don't know. It's really a shit show there in Brooklyn, and it's kind of frustrating. I'm a big KD guy. I really love Kyrie's game, but what they did to that organization, kind of tearing it down, by themselves, essentially, they they were given the keys to the car there, and they wrecked it. <laughs> and then they tried blaming the wreckage on everyone else. So it's a weird thing. But um, in any event, back to this trade. You know, Royce O'Neal seems to be a bit past his prime. He will defend, but as we saw in the playoffs, his defensive ability is kind of. Uh, again, declined. So, you know, I'll give the Nets a B- minus on this one. I'll give the Jazz TBD. Uh, and, and I say TBD because what does this pick turn into next year? We don't know. But as we know, the Jazz stockpiled a shitload of picks in that Gobert deal. We might as well touch on that now. So the Jazz trade Rudy Gobert to Minnesota for an unprotected 2023 pick unprotected 2025 pick, unprotected 2027 pick, a pick swap in 2026, a top five protected pick in 2029, as well as Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, and uh, rookie this year, Walker Kessler. 
I can't believe the Jazz got all of that for Rudy Gobert. Yes, three-time Defensive Player of the Year, but he's declining. Similar to Royce, like Rudy Gobert is never going to be as good as he was the past two years. I, I feel very comfortable in saying that. And now Minnesota is going to put him next to Carl Anthony Towns. They have two seven-footers that can't guard on the perimeter. And if there's anything we know about the NBA in 2022, well, shit, since 20, what, 14? It's all about the ability to switch, guard the perimeter. Neither one of these guys are going to be able to do that. So for me, I'm going to give Minnesota, with what they traded, as well as what they received, a C-minus grade for this deal. Utah, on the other hand, all of these picks, the three unprotected, a solid pick swap in 26, top five protected in 29, Walker Kessler, who was the defensive player of the year in college basketball, tied for uh, most blocks per game and 4.6 per game in college basketball last year. You get Jared Vanderbilt, uh, who's a solid kind of junkyard dog type, Patrick Beverly. I've never been a fan of Patrick Beverly. I don't think I ever will be, but I, I understand his purpose and what he brings to the teams he plays for. And then you get Malik Beasley. Um, all of these guys, minus Kessler, obviously, but Kessler will be on a very um, cheap contract being a later draft pick in the first round. All of these guys are in expiring deals. Beasley, I believe, has a team option. They, they, they free up a ton of money next year if they truly are building around Donovan Mitchell. And they have all these picks for versatility purposes. They could use those in a draft. They could trade those. So I actually give an A- minus to Utah in this. Possibly an A. <laughs> because I do believe in 25 and 27, Minnesota, for sure 27, Minnesota isn't going to be a top-tier team. That unprotected pick in 2027 could be huge for the Utah Jazz. Could be a top five pick. Now, do we know what the 2027 class looks like? Absolutely not. But there's always great players early in the draft, and I'm sure 2027 will be no exception. All right, now we'll move along to free agency grabs for each team. Atlanta Hawks, Aaron Holiday, one-year deal. That's fine. Give them a B there. Boston Celtics, Luke Cornett to a two-year deal. Uh, TBD, right? Like, what are we going to say about Luke Cornett at this point in his career? And probably not getting a ton of PT there in Boston. The one thing Boston um, has done that I didn't speak of before, finding a way to get Malcolm Brogdon on the team, which if Malcolm Brogdon can be healthy for them in the playoffs, it's huge. It's a huge deal. Also, they're, they're the ones who are going to be signing Danilo Gallinari. So their offseason moves so far in A could see them right back there at the top of the East, Eastern Conference Finals against probably Milwaukee. We'll get to Milwaukee in a little bit. Brooklyn Nets, um, outside of getting Royce O'Neal, they signed TJ Warren, who in the bubble looked amazing, has had some injuries since playing for Indiana, signed him to a one-year deal. They signed, bring Patty Mills back and Nick Claxton back. That whole team is in flux, though, waiting on, like I said, what KD and Kyrie do, if they move them, if they don't move them. It's going to be a rough couple of years for Brooklyn. And again, it's all on KD and Kyrie. 
well, I guess I should say it's on the owner and the GM for letting Katie and Kyrie just run that team and run it right into the ground. Again, love both of those guys basketball-wise, but they really messed up that organization for years to come. Unless, you know, I mean, we saw what Rudy Gobert, what the Jazz got uh, in return for Rudy Gobert and all those picks. Maybe Brooklyn gets the same for KD and Kyrie, but only time will tell on that. I'm sure it'll break uh, tomorrow, and I'm going to have to give my thoughts on it next week. (laughs) But that's a good thing about coming out once a week. I get some time to really uh, figure out and and digest what's gone on and give, give real thoughts back. Chicago Bulls, kind of a weird... I don't know. So Zach Levine comes back. They give him a five-year deal, max max contract. They sign Goran Dragic to a one-year deal, Andre Drummond to a two-year, uh, and they bring back Derek Jones Jr. Now, Goran Dragic, everyone and their mom thinks that he was going to Dallas. Well, that didn't happen. Uh, Andre Drummond, solid backup center in a league that centers aren't playing if they can't shoot outside in any type of clutch time. So... Look for him to get 10 minutes a game. Goran Dragic is still a really, really good player, but getting very old. And they add him to a Chicago Bulls team with a ton of guards. Kobe White, Ball, Caruso, Levine, who's still going to play, you know, the two. So I don't know where Goran Dragic fits in there. So ultimately, I'm going to give the Bulls a B in what they've done so far. I don't think this makes them much better than they already were. So to me, they're going to be right there again at the four or five seed, be out of the playoffs, probably in the first round. Uh, the Cavs re-signed Darius Garland, or uh, excuse me, uh, uh, extend him five years. So great there. Ricky Rubio returns on a three-year deal. Three seems a bit long, but I'm sure there's different, uh, you know, uh, team options or whatever it may be no contract is always you know in stone I guess I should say that Raul Neto to a one-year deal Robin Lopez leaves my magic heads over to Cleveland for a one-year deal good pickups in uh in Lopez for what he is again another center that can't shoot so he's not going to play any clutch time this team's already big enough and has guys that can shoot that are bigs Darius Garland extending him. We all we all wonder what happens to Colin Sexton at this point. Where is he going to sign? But uh, the Cavs, I'm going to give them another B. The three-year deal for Rubio is kind of weird to me. Neto, you know, what does he bring? Lopez gives you 10 minutes. Nothing on this says, you know, we they dramatically improve their team. But I think you look for Evan Mobley to make, you know, his sophomore leap and look really good next year. I talked about Goran Dragic earlier and everyone thinking him going to the Mavericks. The Mavericks, watch out now, signed JaVale McGee to a three-year deal. Uh, Also returned Theo Pinson. (laughs) Uh, And they lose Jalen Brunson to New York. I don't know, you know, going back to a guy that can't shoot outside of a couple of feet probably isn't going to give you the best results in the playoffs. And that's what they got in JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee is a, a pretty good big guy. And it seems like he gets better at the older he gets. But to me, this does nothing for them. 
doesn't get them over the hump in the playoffs unless Luka turns into God mode, you know, LeBron on an awful Cavaliers team getting him to the finals. But the West is just too good. You can't compare the West now to what the East was when LeBron did that. So, so far, I'm going to give the Mavericks a C-plus on their offseason moves. And uh, we're just going to have to see what else they try to do because I feel like they're not done yet. Denver Nuggets, man, they give Jokic just a monster of a deal. They bring in Bruce Brown, uh, sign him to a two-year deal. DeAndre Jordan agrees to a deal as well. Jordan, kind of a weird signing. I love the Bruce Brown signing. He was a guy who could play two through five for Brooklyn. Undersized big, right, is what they would play him as. Obviously, Jokic is going to be in the game any clutch situation, but Brown gives you a lot of versatility in switching on the perimeter, being able to defend a lot of different guys. So I like that signing. I'm going to give the Nuggets a solid B plus, and it's only because I probably would have given them an A- just for the Bruce Brown, but you get DeAndre Jordan in there, kind of a weird signing. Uh, Detroit Pistons, Kevin Knox to a two-year deal. Bagley returns on a three-year deal. We're all still waiting for Marvin Bagley to be the Marvin Bagley we thought he would be coming out of Duke. And maybe at some point he gets there. I do love the other moves the Pistons have made, um, you know, in the draft with Ivy and Duran. So we're just going to have to wait and see how this team pans out. These moves right here, I'm going to give a B minus. Doesn't really elevate the team uh, by any means. But again, Bagley and even Knox. We all thought Knox was going to be something not necessarily special, but a solid contributor to teams and Neither one of them as of yet have, have turned out that way, but it still could be there. Golden State Warriors, they lose Gary Payton II to Portland, but they bring in Dante DiVincenzo. So DiVincenzo, not as good of a defensive player uh, as Payton, not as good with the ball in his hands as Payton getting to the hoop. He is a better outside shooter, and we all know you put a guy in Golden State for some reason they just become even better shooters great shooting coach there i guess maybe they just it's they just you know clay and steph just rub off on guys but i love that signing for him they also um bring uh, kevon looney back on a three-year deal he was very important to the team in the finals and all of the playoffs really so maybe there's the exception to the big that can't shoot outside of a couple feet but when you're on a team like the warriors i think it's okay <laughs> He can also guard well on the perimeter, so you're not worried about him in too many switches. So I'm giving the Golden State Warriors an A- minus so far. Now, I know a lot of people are going to say, how are you going to give Dante DiVincenzo and Kevon Looney and the Warriors an A- minus on that? But then you give somebody like, you know, the Cavs, or the Bulls, I should say, a lesser grade. I look at this, the additions they add, and what it brings to the roster that they already have. So it's not just these signings, but how they fit within that team. So there you go. Uh, Houston Rockets really haven't done much. Obviously let go of John Wall, bought him out. He's signing with the Clippers. We'll get to the Clippers in a moment. All the Houston Rockets have done so far, as far as um, free agent-wise, is returning uh, Jay Sean Tate to a three-year deal. I think the Rockets are just going to be bad for a couple more years and get some decent picks. Now, I love Tate. He plays bigger than he actually is. But with that said, I'm going to give this a B-. minus. They haven't done anything special. They're going to continue to stay a bad team. Uh, next up, Indiana Pacers. 
Like I said, they had traded Brogdon. Looks like they're probably going to be making some more moves. Uh, what they did do was re-sign Jalen Smith to a two-year deal. Going to give them a C+. Smith has great upside, but I don't know if he'll ever get there. And the Pacers are just another one of those teams that's looking to be bad next year. LA Clippers bring back Nicholas Batum uh, and Zubak. So some solid contributors to the roster in the past, but then they signed John Wall to a two-year deal. And I, the John Wall thing, he, I, I've gotten into conversations and debates with a, a number of people. I think John Wall is going to bring a lot of value to this team. A lot of people say, well, he hasn't played. He's been injured. Last year, he could have played all year. Houston didn't want to. He sat out a whole year. And I don't think he's the kind of guy to just sit out and not work on himself, not work on his game. And especially for what they got him for, I love the deal. I love what the Clippers are going to do. They're going to bring back Paul George. He'll be healthy. Kawhi Leonard will be healthy. Health is, you know, the one question on everybody's mind for any team. An injury can change the course of a team in a second. Assuming all these guys are healthy, I love the Clippers out of the West. I talked about it, you know, weeks ago and last week. Uh, so far, what they've done, I'm going to give them an A-. minus. Just have to wait and see how John Wall, you know, finishes up. Oh, then we get to the Los Angeles Lakers. A lot of murmurs of trading Russell Westbrook to the Brooklyn for Kyrie, but that hasn't happened. And I think even if that does happen, what does that do? Uh, Kyrie's a great player, better than Russell Westbrook in many aspects. But I don't think Kyrie loves basketball. I've said it a hundred times. I don't think winning uh, is important to him. And that's fine. He can do whatever he would like in his life. But as a, if I'm running a team, I'm not bringing Kyrie Irving in. You get the Russell Westbrook thing. You know, obviously he had a bad season. It's tough. So really there's no great answer for the Lakers. But who have they brought in? Uh, Damian Jones, Lonnie Walker on a mid-level exception uh, from San Antonio, and Juan Toscano-Anderson. I love Juan Toscano-Anderson. Coming from Golden State, Lonnie Walker, though, kind of messes up the grade I would give these guys. I think Lonnie had so much potential coming out of college, and, and still, he's 23 years old, so he's still young. Things can change. But it just seems like in that Spurs system with Popovich, with the guys that they've had there coaching and, uh, you know, women as well, he hasn't taken advantage, hasn't really done anything to get better or at least if he has, it hasn't worked. So, Lakers, going to give them a solid C-plus on this. Love Juan Toscano-Anderson, Lonnie Walker. Not a great grab, in my opinion. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies, they extend John Morant, bring back Tyus Jones. I'll give them a B-plus on this. Like, obviously, you're going to extend John Morant, without a doubt. Tyus Jones, I thought they were going to kind of let him go, but, you know, great backup point guard to Jaw. And in the event Jaw can't play a full season, Tyus is there for you. So, decent. I've. What else are they going to do? They lost Kyle Anderson. So, I can't say I love everything they've done, but I'll give them a B plus. Miami Heat bring back Victor Oladipo and Dwayne Dedman. A lot of rumors going around KD could end up there. A lot of rumors going around Donovan Mitchell could eventually end up there. But for now, they kind of stayed the course. Give these guys a B plus. I guess I should stay consistent. I'll give these guys a B. Didn't make them any better. Didn't make them any worse. Brought, brought two guys back. 
The Milwaukee Bucks bring back Serge Ibaka, bring back Javon Carter, Wes Matthews, and Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis on a four-year deal. They also bring in Joe Ingles to a one-year deal. I love bringing Ingles into this Milwaukee Bucks team. Uh, he's not worried about having to come back too early from his injury. He's probably not going to play until January, February, maybe even March. But what Joe Ingles can add to this kind of a change of pace, let's say, you know, you get Giannis sits, it has to sit for a bit. What they can do with Joe running the offense through him, yes, he is a year older. He's coming off that injury. He's probably a little bit slower. Still a good outside shooter. Still that old guy game that can kind of get under opponent's skin. I don't know how else to say it. I used to always say Joe Ingles was like that dude that you go to, you know, 24-hour fitness or wherever you play ball, and he's old. Doesn't look like he should be able to play, but he's killing people, and he's talking a ton of shit. That's Joe Ingles. Uh, so a great grab for Milwaukee. I'm going to give them an A because I think that makes them better. Even losing DiVincenzo, uh, I still think in the long run, when it matters in the playoffs, Joe Ingles makes them better. Minnesota Timberwolves, I had talked earlier about Memphis losing Kyle Anderson. He agrees to a two-year deal with them. They give Carl Anthony Towns a lot of money and extend him four years. They bring in Bryn Forbes, and they return Torian Prince uh, and obviously add Rudy Gobert. I love Kyle Anderson. All he can do, uh, he's kind of similar to a Joe Ingles type, not nearly as good of a shooter, but very slow. You can run the offense through him. He's a very smart player. Um but I don't love what Minnesota's done as a whole. So you're telling me in a league where wings, three and D shooters really matter, they're going to be playing Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, Kyle Anderson, Ant, and D'Angelo Russell. Like that's your, that's your lineup to finish games and to start games. It's not going to work. I'm 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 comfortable putting my flag in the ground right now on the Minnesota Timberwolves are not going to work. They're going to have a good regular season. They're going to get exposed in any series. Maybe they make the second round next year. Maybe that's their goal. They're not good enough with that roster, with that personnel to do anything more than that. So their offseason moves, I'm going to give them a B- because I do love Kyle Anderson. Obviously, Rudy is a great interior presence. And again, they're going to be good during the season. Playoffs get here. They will not be good. There's also been some murmurs, and I don't know if this is a real thing or not, but D'Angelo Russell somehow in a trade for Kyrie Irving. Now, I don't think Kyrie wants to go there, so I don't think it's going to happen. But just keep an eye open for that. Again, Kyrie playing essentially when he wants. New Orleans Pelicans, they uh, extend Zion five years you kind of have to, even though he's, you know, had a lot of injuries. The potential of Zion with that team, I mean, him alone. But at the same time, we haven't seen a ton of him. And how does he bounce back from these injuries? We don't know. I'm going to give him a B because they're a good team without him. But they, I think they could be a great team if he can stay healthy. But they did put a lot of money into him. So in the event he can't stay healthy, that's going to hurt them. New York Knicks uh, bring in Jalen Brunson to a four-year deal, re-sign Mitchell Robinson. They also sign Isaiah Hartenstein to a two-year deal. Hartenstein's pretty decent backup big. Um, not a, you know, he has a great three-point percentage, <laughs> but he doesn't shoot a lot of threes, so we'll just keep that there. Jalen Brunson's going to give be, be the point guard, run this team. 
you know, Knicks are getting in trouble for tampering, which was obvious. They signed his dad and, uh, to a coaching role, I believe it was in New York. And Dallas is ready to, you know, set that tampering problem right to him because, <laughs> I mean, Brunson's, Brunson, they had announced that Brunson was signing with the Knicks before free agency even actually started. And a lot of players were that way. But Dallas hadn't even had a chance to speak with Brunson yet. So you got to think there's some tampering there. Oklahoma City, with all 38 draft picks, uh, three this year, that they brought in, also re-signed Lou Dort to a five-year deal. It makes sense. You kind of have to do it. You don't ever want to let him walk. But you keep him there. You bring in all these picks. And possibly in the future, you make a move with Dort, trade him. Or you keep him on and move someone like SGA or, or whomever. But smart move by Oklahoma City. I'll give him a B. Uh, because, again, Lou Dort was there last year. He is getting better. They have all those picks. Oklahoma City may come to the point where they have so many talented players. They just have to figure out what the hell to do with them all. Move them. Because uh, a lot of these guys aren't going to want to come off the bench. Uh, my Orlando Magic. <sighs> Uh, bring back Gary Harris to a much smaller deal, which I'm fine with. They also bring back Mo Bamba, two years, $21 million. <sighs> I'm going to give the Magic a C-plus for this. I'd, I'm not a Bamba believer, but if we're giving him 12 to 15 minutes, whatever. Gary Harris is a, is a decent veteran, good outside shooter, can play defense on the perimeter. Orlando just needs to figure out what the hell we're doing. And I'm just... That just is what it is. Is Paolo going to be the guy? That will remain to be seen. Philadelphia Rockets, excuse me, Philadelphia 76ers uh, bring in P.J. Tucker to a three-year deal, Daniel House to a two-year deal, and reports are saying that James Harden will be signed here within the next 48 hours. So a lot of Rockets guys on there. Daryl loves his Rockets people. Um, I love P.J. Tucker. He is getting older. Daniel House, you know, played great for the Jazz in the playoffs. Love what actually really like what Philadelphia has done here. I'm going to give them an A minus on uh, these signings, and then obviously they'll bring back Harden here shortly. Phoenix give Booker a four year extension, sign Josh Okoge to a one year deal. He was previously with Minnesota, really good defender, not a great shooter, but kind of an irritant out on the perimeter. I still go back to the game he had against uh, James Harden. I want to say it was 2019. But man, he just, the way he defended Harden and just shut him down, it was incredible. And this is like peak Harden, right? So he has it in him. I don't know if he gets a ton of time on this Phoenix Suns uh, roster, but I'm going to give them a B plus so far. Portland Trail Blazers bring back Anthony Simons, four-year deal. Nurkic, a four-year deal. Gary Payton, the second to a three-year deal. Uh, earlier, they had traded for Jeremy Grant. So they're getting pieces in place to play around Dame. Simons, I think, may have gotten a little too much money, but what do you do? You don't let him leave. Gary Payton, the second. I don't know where, I, I don't know. I, I can see him playing next to Dame, being that defensive stopper. Obviously, he was able to get a lot of playing time in Golden State. But the, uh, to me, the jury's still out on him. I love his story. I love how far he's come. Um, but for now, I'm going to give the Blazers a B plus on this because it does make them better. Absolutely. B 
but uh, time will tell if it gets them over that hump and be able to even get into that like fifth spot in the West. Sacramento, I don't know. Uh, Malik Monk <laughs> to a two-year deal. Kevin Herter, uh, they get from Atlanta. I failed to mention that earlier when I when I went over Atlanta. So Herter, Monk, I don't know. The, the Kings always find a way to ruin players and look bad. I'm going to give them a B. I think Herter is a solid player that can get some some shots up for him. But again, where does he fit in with on a team with Davion Mitchell, uh, Fox? Like, does he get any time? I don't know. Spurs, <laughs> uh, they signed George Jang to a one-year deal. They're trying to get Victor Wembanyama. I'm going to give this a C. Toronto Raptors, we're almost done, everybody. We're almost through it. I just wanted to give my thoughts on everybody. Toronto Raptors uh, return Chris Boucher to a three-year deal, sign Otto Porter from the Warriors on a two-year deal, and they're bringing back Thaddeus Young. This is interesting because it gives them versatility in bringing Porter in to where they can... I mean, they have a lot of wings, a lot of long players, but also gives them the ability to try to make that move for Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Yep, just wait for it. So I'm going to give the Raptors a B-plus on this, pending a Kevin Durant trade that may change. Utah Jazz, as I look here at NBA.com, no reported signings. Something is going on in Utah. <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about. Washington Wizards, bring back Badly, Bradley Beal to a five-year, pay him a shitload. Yikes. DeLon Wright agrees to a two-year deal. I love Beal. I don't think he can be that guy to lead a team to a second round playoff appearance. Washington, just a weird team, a weird weird organization the past couple of years. DeLon Wright is a decent signing, uh, but for all this, I'm just going to give him a B. Nothing crazy there. All right, I hope you enjoyed that. Some grades for all your teams. Hopefully you were happy with the grade um, I gave your team. If you weren't, let me know why at the Will Wonder Pod on Instagram, at DJ Will Wonder on Twitter. We're going to come back and answer some mailbag questions in one second. See? See how quick that was? I told you. So I put out kind of a late mailbag, right? Just asking for questions that I could answer on the podcast. Did it on Twitter as well as the Instagram. So Twitter, at DJ Will Wonder on Instagram, at the Will Wonder Pod. And here are the questions. First question is... Simply, how's school? Well, school's going okay. Uh, I just finished my ethics and communication class. I think I'll have an A- minus or B+. Usually this professor is really quick on grading, but she hasn't graded the final two papers yet. So TBD, but A-, minus B+, is what I uh, expect to get in that class. Um, the class is coming up, <laughs> is negotiation, mediation, and diplomacy. So that sounds like a lot of fun. I will update you all on that once that's done in five weeks from now. Again, I'll be done early April 2023. I'm excited to just be done, have that communications degree, and go on to bigger and better things. Uh, next up, any new music we should be listening to? So I, I threw two things in here. Uh, one is the IDK, IDK album simple it's only eight tracks so i guess it would be more of an ep but i really enjoy it i've always liked idk 
So to me, you should check it out. For some reason, they have it under electronic. I still think you can find it in hip hop, you know, on your DSPs. But IDK is simple. Uh, and then this album isn't new, but it's new to me as well as this group. One of my wife's friends from work, uh, shout out to Greg, had put me onto a group, and I'm probably going to say this wrong, uh, named Kruangbin, K-H-R-U-A-N-G-B-I-N. And the album is called Con Todo El Mundo. Uh, it's essentially instrumentals. Kids would call it vibes, right? Chill background music, good focus music. I've, I've used it twice now while doing homework. But I would check that out. Again, um, I'm just going to spell it. K-H-R-U-A-N-G-B-I-N is the name of the group. Krangbin, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Con Toro El Mundo. So check that out. Next question is, I know you're a wrestling fan. What are your thoughts on Austin Theory and also your thoughts on AEW as a whole? So I think Austin Theory, uh, for those who you know don't watch wrestling, you can tune out here if you hate wrestling, whatever. Austin Theory, I think, is obviously kind of picked to be the next guy. Uh, I think it's going to take some time. I hate his whole selfie gimmick, but he's a really good wrestler, and I think he could be a really good heel. I mean, he's already a pretty decent heel. Uh, you know, he won Money in the Bank on Saturday. So obviously they're trying to shoot him to the moon. So we'll wait and see, but I like him. I think he's really good in ring. Um, but again, the selfie thing's kind of lame. Hopefully he just gets rid of that. Uh, AEW as a whole, I think AEW has great wrestlers. Feels very, you know, WCW pre-NWO days, but more violent. The one thing I will say about AEW is they just seem to sign anybody and everybody who's released from WWE and kind of push their organically grown guys to the bottom um, minus maybe MJF so I like them but I still think they have a lot to figure out to be real competition with WWE but with that said I love some of the matches they have and I think MJF is great obviously right now he's not really in the picture you know whole storyline that they have going on there but i think they'll get there if they can actually bring up their own talent because they're uh, they're doing what wcw did in bringing in signing guys from wwe and i know that's kind of the business but at the same time it's like oh uh tuesday so-and-so is released by wwe oh and then on monday he's making his debut on aew so yeah those are my thoughts uh, next up, thoughts on UCLA and USC leaving the Pac-12. I'll be the first one to admit that I'm not a big college football guy in the sense of I think the system for college football and the playoff is kind of dumb. <laughs> I wish it would expand a bit. So with that said... I don't really care if they leave the Pac-12. You know, I'll go to Utah games. I enjoy going to University of Utah games. And I, I'm assuming, you know, UCLA and USC leaving hurts that Pac-12 money and probably recruiting for a lot of teams that would stay within the Pac-12, 10. I don't know how they're going to work it out. But at the end of the day, I don't care. That's 
that's where I'm at with it. Sorry. Hopefully that didn't disappoint and hopefully I didn't lose me any fans. <laughs> uh, next up, favorite summer movies of all time. So I think I covered this last year, actually, probably around this time, around the 4th of July. I love, love, love Jaws and I love The Sandlot. To me, those are the two best summer films. Um, I'm sure everyone has seen those, but if you haven't, or you haven't in a long time, rewatch both of them. Really solid films. I watch them every year. Um, yeah, there you go. Jaws and Sandlot. Lastly, and I love this question. Uh, not really even necessarily a question, but it says, how modern social media has both incredibly positively impacted music and how detrimental it is. And I couldn't agree more on both of those statements. The way social media is now, you know, post MySpace days, right? Uh, in early Facebook, um, you have the potential to find so many really great artists and albums and songs that maybe people aren't aware of, maybe the masses aren't aware of. Um, but at the same time, when he, this, you know, they asked about being, it being detrimental to, to music, I can speak solely on hip hop to where a lot of times people get famous based on their image and stuff they do outside of music to where in 1992, 95, 96, I mean, even up to 2000 and four-ish, I would say, that doesn't happen because we don't have eyes on, you know, per prime example is Takashi 69 His music is terrible. There's nothing in his music that is good. And he became famous for, you know, you can go down that rabbit hole of why he became famous. A lot of people like that. Um, especially in hip hop. I, I really can't speak for other genres of music. I think the other genres of music get more of a benefit. As I said, you can find artists, groups, albums that you've never heard of or that the masses don't know of. And I think that that's where you find other genres really excelling. And where it brings hip hop down is people that put out this image and they're funny or whatever the case may be and get a following on social media and their music is garbage in turn makes people from outside the genre look at hip-hop as if it's kind of a joke not really looking for the good stuff the kendricks the j coles all of those albums i talked about in the beginning of the podcast so it's tough and then also you have dsps uh, like uh, apple music or spotify to where you know, just like radio, if you have money, your label has money, you have a very famous name, your albums are going to be put at the top of these discovery pages, right? Um, or these, your songs will be on these playlists. They may ne not necessarily be the best stuff out, but that's what gets the money. It's all a business at the end of the day, so it makes it very hard to find new good music. Uh, hopefully that answered your question or your statement, but I 100% agree with you how social, modern social media uh, is a positive impact as well as a detriment to music as a whole. All right, we're going to head out again, a little bit shorter of an episode this week. It was all me. I hope you enjoyed it. It's like a flashback to the very first episode of the podcast. Um, follow me on Twitter at DJ Will Wonder. Follow the podcast on Instagram at the Will Wonder Pod. 
And if you're in Utah this fall, make sure you vote out Mike Lee. We will see y'all next week. Peace. Please subscribe, write, and review. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Peace out.